Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. We got a hundred likes. 101. <laughs> so for those that were listening just earlier, we had about 98. Um, we've just hit the hundred likes. We're very excited. It's a big achievement for, you know, I think that page has been alive for 12, 12 days. 12 days. Without actual um, podcast content yet. So we're really uh, stoked. So thanks everyone that's uh, provided support. Um, so feel free to obviously follow us um, on Twitter, which is... Uh, SC underscore insider underscore. Yep, or and Facebook. A, a quick shout out as well to uh, Supercoach Saviour for uh, retweeting. Thanks, appreciate it. Very much so. And today we're going to be um, focusing more on Brisbane Lions, up to episode two, so moving the podcast along. Yep. So um, for those that have just chimed in anyway, so this is Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're Chris, and we're covering all things great, the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> and they have been I mean, great and relevant for the last decade. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, now it's amazing what happens when you have money and then you lose that money and then all of a sudden your team goes to, you know, well. Uh, <laughs> are we talking about the Lions? Are we talking about your weekend at the casino? Oh, well, uh, each to their own, each to their own. I haven't won in a while, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be back. That's where a true gambler is always going to be back. <laughs> so the Lions have been more super coach relevant, particularly last year. So you mm. had uh, Fagan came in as a new coach, bringing that Hawthorne sort of brand of footy. Um, very super coach relevant. There was a uh, people scoring that uh, hadn't came, you know, really done much before that. You also had Beams that's been basically injured forever. Was that, um, your, was that your, your Collingwood? <laughs> yeah, we gave you a dud. Hit the yeah, fame, right? <laughs> um, but look, he is a super coach jet, and last year he proved that he can hold that and still go to that standard, but. I mean, he may even have another gear yet, so um, it's interesting to see how he'll unfold. Um, and then you've got, of course, Zorko, who literally last year turned into an absolute SC gun. My man Zorko. Yeah. See him down at the cafes in Brisbane. Hey, yo. I tried to buy him a coffee. He said no. Short man syndrome. But, <laughs> but I mean, he does earn, like, what? I don't even know, 600000 plus a year. He is raking. <laughs> yeah, he's going all right. So um, I may have been a little creepy at the time because he is probably my favourite at it, the Lions. So in case you haven't uh, got on to the first podcast, feel free to go back and, and go through that. Um, we did go through Adelaide and we're going to have a similar format, which will go through um, guns, mid-prices, rookies, breakouts. Hospital ward. Yeah. Yep. And um, just um, sort of trying to give you that all-around perspective. And that's what we want to do. We want to help those that yeah. want to do draft. We also want to help those doing standard um, just to give you some insight and information, so we try and have fun, but give you the best uh, information that we can. Yeah, a little bit of banter never hurt no one as well, so um, we'll get straight into it though. Straight into the lines, because there's so many relevant players <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to get Strap through. Strap in, because he's, he doesn't support <laughs> them at all, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so first of all, we'll go through the guns. So we'll go, with, uh, we'll go with Zorko first. Okay, so Dane Zorko, he had 15 of his 21 scores were 109 or more, which that's a very consistent season considering he did get tagged at a couple of occasions. And I've seen a lot of people worried being like, oh, you know, Rockliffe isn't playing because Zorko's going to get tagged more. But I mean, Rockliffe played a lot of forward anyway. so Yeah, Rockliffe's out, I don't think, impact Zorko at all because Rockliffe was used as a tagger because I'm sure he signed his papers early. There's no way that he should have been playing as a tagger or forward of the ball last year, but they did. They were like, mm, no, we'll just I told Rockliffe to just calm down yeah. so, I, so I could pick him up in draft in yeah. 2018 without the hefty price tag. Yeah, yeah, um, pick 40. <laughs> so from those 15 scores, you actually had nine scores of those. Nine of the 15 were 119 and above, and five of those 129 and above. So he does have a very big ceiling. He gets on there. When he hits a ton, he makes it count, and he really scores quite consistently. Um 
So ever since his debut year, he's actually had 20 games per year. So he's very durable. He's very reliant um, ever since his debut. So once he's come in from that, from there on, he mm. scored, he's played 20 games Definitely. or more, only really missing out to like what suspension for a game here or there. Nothing really sort of apart from that. It's hard to, um, to see Zorko dropping points unless he gets tagged. And I suppose that is the danger, but... Um, if you don't have him in your starting setup, he's going to be difficult to get in down the year. Speaking of danger, did you see the uh, Lions versus Cats where uh, Zorko, oh. he got two points. I actually thought he might have pipped Dangerfield. He got like 30 plus of possessions. He had four goals or five goals. He was killing it and Danger still got three points. <laughs> I think the SC community itself actually got behind that as well and were like, oh, it's just Danger Love, just Danger Love. Lucky I didn't make any bets on that one. <laughs> yeah, true. Sidebar. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Zorko, really good option. I actually quite like him. Um, contemplating putting him in my side, but the problem is he is at that price point around Crouch and some of those other guys, so I find it really hard to put him in my side at the moment. Especially with so much value in, in this undervalued There's value premiums, elsewhere, so, plus you know yeah. he probably will get the small game here and there. So he's kind of like a Sloan as far as he can go really large, and then he has a few sort of down games. And again at the Lions, there's really only Zorko and Rich that you'll throw a tag on. Uh, I don't know, with Hodge coming back in, it's yet to be seen whether Rich plays more midfield, and if that's the case, they might tag him out of the game. Because he can, because he's a spud. Yeah. Zorko, (laughs) you can tag Zorko, but not all the time. Sometimes he does get off the hook, but if they put a lot of attention to him, whereas Rich, he has a really bad uh, record as far as... um, you know, having a tag. So yep. the next one we'll go to is uh, the old pies man, Dane Oh, Beams. yeah. Undervalued premiums. Here we come. Let's so, do this. Although Chris has a theory that he has uh, bad shoulders from carrying the pies, <laughs> carrying the pies That's for so long. It's not a theory if it's proven to be correct. <laughs> ah, no, I said carrying the pies, not the lions. Oh, damn it. <laughs> you just fell for the oldest trick of the book, my oh, friend. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure he carried Dane Swan to a Brownlow. So... <laughs> So Beams, his average was actually really good. His last seven games, he averaged 115. Uh, so he had over the year, he had eight scores of 120 or more, and uh, two of those were 140 plus, and three of those were 130 plus. So he does go large. He's a very good sort of option as far as a vice captain, sort of like his Sloan types. He can get some really big games, and he is very consistent. When he averages 122, I think it was, he was one of the most consistent footballers in the league that year. Um, you just had he had the ball in his hands. You knew something was going to happen. He also played um, some quite a few minutes forward and can kick goals. So he's definitely a, a goal kicking mid. And I think that at five fifty k, he's definitely one of those um, you know in the same mold as Crips or Hannas that are underpriced and have the potential to go big. Yep. Um, so I don't think you can carry too many of them, but I would say that he's a good chance, and especially because he's got the round thirteen buy. It makes him a little bit more valuable, in my opinion. Yep. So you look at um, pretty much on the back end, he did injure himself on 12. He came back a bit underdone. So when he came back underdone, he did have a couple of smaller scores in there. But if you take it, his 12 injured score, plus his first game back when he was underdone, he shouldn't have played. His actual score for the year is 109.23. Yeah. So okay. that, that gives him good value, considering that he is averaged at, what, 101, and that's what your price you're paying for. I mean, he plays a lot of time on ground. It's 81.8 time on ground and a 71% disposal efficiency, which is very good for a midfielder, yeah. particularly of that bracket. And I think out of Zorko or Beams, who benefits more from um, from Rockcliffe not being there, it's got to be Beams for me. It's um, He's got the potential to really go big. Um, he was... He's also real captain material. You know, the guy leads by example on and off the field. 
I probably learned that at Collingwood, you know. <laughs> well, um, I needed someone on field to be a role <laughs> yeah, model. Yeah, everyone else is out partying. So um, next we'll go with Steph Martin. So like we said in the Adelaide podcast, Steph, it's very similar to Jacobs. Um, I mean, not only were they both sort of up in that sort of top one to two bracket for a couple of years, but you know he's a good option. He has a high ceiling. He did have a few low games, particularly when Archie Smith came in. Consistent around... when Archie's not playing. Yes, so a much better option, but you know Brisbane are notorious for trying to blood young talent. Archie, uh, from all reports, is having a really good preseason and wants to be a more consistent player. And Brisbane are the team that might just give that to him, especially you know I Steph think, was yeah. he was the oldest player on their list until Hodge rocked up. Is he thirty four, thirty five? Hodge or Steph? No, Steph. he's only low thirties, mate. Just, oh, so he's got a couple years. He's not that much of a dinosaur. I mean, he's he, tall, but he's not not that dinosaur. He's got, he'll be dead in a few years. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, yes, he's a good option. So basically, um, you know, Steph, he had quite a few scores under 80. So that was the downside. So he had five scores under 80. But on the flip side, he had six scores that were 125 or more with 10 tons in 2017. He can go big. And and the issue really and the question marks around him is how many games does he play this year and how much is he going to be dual rucking? Are they going to give Archie Smith games and rest rest, um, Steph and when he travels? Um, for me, that puts him in the barrier of I can't select him in standard because I need someone that's going to be there every week. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to be picking someone like a ruck that sort of he goes jumping up and down in his scores. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And um, I mean, look, he's been a, almost a vice-captain option for a, quite a few years. You know, you just chuck a loose vice-captain on him. If he goes big, then fantastic. You've got a really nice score there to go with. Um, but I just think that uh, he probably represents whereabouts he's going to be. He, I don't think he's going to increase his average. If anything, it's got there's more evidence for him to go down rather than go up. Yeah, I think you're right there. So, and he plays around the same amount of time on ground as he has the last couple of years. Again, they kind of brought in Archie around that middle, sort of during the buy sort of area to try and give him a chop out because you know it's a long season. You're getting older, and they want to take care of them, which doesn't really help. So the next person we'll go to is Daniel Rich. Hey. Uh, good old Daniel Rich. I've seen a, quite a few people wanting to pick this guy, and it's you know, no surprise. He did average well. He averaged 91.5 in the season just gone. Uh, Mr. Thunderleg Rich himself. <laughs> and, um, you know, look, he seems like he's a good player. He's a great guy. He probably hasn't lived up to some of the hype. That they uh, that they thought he was going to be. I love this, uh, tw- you know, two minute rant about how awesome Rich is, but really he's a spud, guys, and just don't pick him. It's fantastic. <laughs> this is my selection here. This is my section, Mister Christie. I'm, I'm biased. He's a burn man for me. He is a absolute burn man. I will never pick him again. He's the guy that gets his sixty points in the first quarter and then gets ten for the rest of the game. I can't stand him. Well, you got to yeah rest on your laurels there well, sometimes. That, well, I mean, his thing is this: like he goes big and he dominates a game, and then they lock him down. It happens every time he's left loose at the start of the game because they, they undervalue how good Rich can be, and he's devastating by foot. But every time he starts to show that little bit, they just go lockdown. Every time. So you look at someone who averages 90, 91 and a half, and you think, geez, they must have had quite a few centuries in there. But Rich, he actually only had six six tons. But the benefit was, is for every time he went over 100, he actually scored 118 or more, which... It's not bad. He's got at least a pretty good ceiling for a defender. I think yeah. the big question is is that where is he going to play? What roles is he sort of going to have? Is Hodge in helping him, which I think In defense, and then you've got Witherden and Mays and all these other young guys sort of lifting their game. So does that help Rich or does it hinder him? Uh, there's a lot to be unknown, and I think it's more of a, a keep an eye out and see. 
I think if you look at, uh, he might get some more time in the midfield, which might be great, unless he gets tagged. So it's sort of a, a wait and see for me. I yeah. mean, and I'd like to see him flourishing, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you do have to be, you know, open and honest with yourself as far as what you expect. Uh, so draft, look, he's not a bad pick if you want to pick him up, but at the same time, for a guy of 91 average, I mean... Yeah, even, 502k. Well, yeah, like, he, was, he was pretty much in the same bracket as like a Zach Williams before he got injured around the same, except I would put a lot more faith in him as far as progressing forward. Yeah, younger, uh, more relied upon in a team that's going somewhere. Um, yeah, look, the, the, the knock on Rich at the end of the day is his 502k, which is, that's premium for a defender this year. There really is only um, Yo and Laird that are, I think, even close to that 500 bracket. I'd have to double-check that. Um, outside of that, there's a lot of undervalued premiums that are 450 to 500K, and I think that he's outdone by quite a few of them. I don't think he's going to be a top six or top ten defender this year. Um, it would be surprising if he did. Well, what about but, Witherden? I mean, yeah. I, think, I think this guy, for those... You wouldn't have won last year if he didn't yeah. come on and get Witherden in the back end, but this kid, he just... He just kicks in. So he had the fourth most kick-ins in the AFL from round 14 onwards. So and That's he had insane for 28 kick-ins, 28 kick-ins to himself. So yep. he was ranked second. So and he's been public. He's come out and he's actually said, "Look, I really like to kick the ball to myself." And when you can hit a target like that, it's no wonder. Like as a Lions fan, you're nervous at the time anyone takes any kind of risky kick because we turn it over nine times out of ten. Well, he fits into that like, Hawthorne style of play, doesn't he? Where they, you know, they they use the ball by foot to get out of their defence and then slingshot out. And he just nails the kicks. Yeah, and I must say a lot of that out for him. So they got he's he, I think he's got potential this year, but it's it's that risk factor of a nine game sample. But they're giving a guy that's played nine games. The kick-in duties, yeah. and he's just nailing it. So yeah. I mean, they must show a lot of a lot of faith in him. So look, I'm not going to bag anyone that wants to pick this guy. I mean, yeah, he's probably not too much under the rich uh, sort of category. 487k, so you're paying 15k less for him. Um, and this is a guy that's only played nine games, so this is oof. that's the big concern. At the same time, you know, he, he could, could he go could, anywhere. He could be anything. Yep. So if you look, if you want to pick him, I'm not going to bag you out. But at the same time, you have to go in with your eyes open. With a backup plan, knowing that hey, this guy might not actually be everything that I picked him to be. I'd love to have um, just just if I could choose my own super coach team, I'd love for Witherden right now to be the replacement for Doherty at Carlton. If you could pick anyone in the league to be that guy that just goes in and slots into Doherty's role from last year and sit behind the ball and and, and get those quarterback possessions, ah, uh, he would just absolutely clean up and his percentage would go up. But the problem is, he's at Brisbane. And I'm not entirely sure what that means for his output. Short I think that term. means that you're biased. Well, is, is I'm not a card support, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe maybe they got rid of Doherty to get in Witherton five, oh, yeah, yeah. five years later. <laughs> so <laughs> so much. There's so much rage there still. And Angio. <laughs> um, but, you know, look, I think the, the big uncertainty comes in. I think Luke Hodge as well will help Witherton um, as far as, you know, that mentorship and giving him some advice and helping him yeah, take that next step forward. It's a risky option, but if you're wanting to go that risk reward, then go, yeah, go for it. But for me, draft definitely. Yep. Really nice draft selection. Unfortunately, you probably won't get him because the value pick's just not really there for him. Yeah, I think people will be picking him off based on his average, not realizing how little he has played. Um, and talking about little play, I mean, there's no word yet as to how many games Hodge will play. He's kind of doing that coaching sort of mentorship role. 
Who knows how many games he's going to play? I wouldn't mind him in draft simply yeah. because uh, he's a legend and he can go big. But I like I watching him play again, you know. But I wouldn't be picking him without a backup plan or an extra defender on my bench. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I think like but he looks 15, good. 15 he looks games good. is is really where Hodge sits. I think that's personally if he plays more than fifteen games, I think there would be uh, that would be an astounding effort. Um, I mean, you know, anyone can get fifteen games playing in the Lions team, but you know. <laughs> no, it's just really his total output. Um, also, how are they going to use him? You know, when Hodge is playing his best football, he's halfback floating through the midfield. I don't know if he's going to be that guy. I think he's probably more going to no, be the general in defence, stay down in defence. You want to let the young guys start to yeah. have more mid-time and then you'll be the one kind of helping and structuring, Stand being chopper. that structure. Yeah, yeah. giving. And uh, I actually think it's, um, it could be a really big help for uh, Harris Andrews. Uh, because yeah, he, he's been the leader down back, whereas now he'll actually have an experienced person to help him out. Yeah. And you might even see his football really improve this year. I, which, love him. I love the way he plays and goes about it. Yeah, he hasn't been super coach friendly yet, but he takes marks. He's a good kick. I think he could be at some stage, whether this Developed is the year. the Hurley sort of mold. Well, whether player. this is the year, then that would be you know ideal, but uh, I think yet when to he, be seen. When he first came on as a rookie, he was a great selection to get on board if you could get him. Um, he was scoring quite well for a rook, but you know what we want to see now is get that eighty plus average, get that consistency into his game. I think that he, you're right. He's got long arms, long reach, um, hard to beat one on one, good foot skills. So he kicks the ball more than and more than handball. Um, so yeah, I think Andrews eventually could be that guy, but he's again a, a wait and see. Yep. Yep. So looking at uh, waiting and seeing, there's a one guy that seems to be very popular with quite a few punters out there at the moment for good reason. Uh, Christensen, owned by 13.2%. I know it's early days, but it is a good sort of indicator. Um, he's, Amazing that it's that low. And I he's very, believe it's that low. very underpriced, and he's yep. hell-bent on making 2018 his year. Um, look 267K. At the, and it's not too dissimilar to you know what happened with Fife. Fife broke his leg and had a plate put in and then had another you know what fracture around the plates, and then they had to wait for it to heal, remove it. And it was the exact same thing. Christensen had the collarbone issues. So he's come back, he's speaking to the health professionals and the physios, and they've recommended, hey, look, put on some muscle around your chest and your shoulders. Mm-hmm. So he's put on about five kilos, and he's really fit. he's really eager to play. And I think there's a role for him in that sort of midfield wing, which he was looking to do anyway before he got injured. Yep. Um, Brisbane, if you don't know much about them, they're stacked with forward flank sort of midfield options. I mean, you've got Keyes, Matheson... Tom Bell, you know, you've also now just um, picked up Charlie Cameron, you've got Christensen, and they've got so many guys that can run through that forward flank sort of role. It'd be that... interesting to see how they all gel together as a team, and this is probably their year to gel. And who's playing what role, yeah. which is probably the more uncertain element when you look at the Brisbane Lions, particularly seeing that they you know, have had one season now and then another one under Fagan coming up. So it's more about you know what he wants to do with the team. And I actually see him making a few sort of surprises this well, year. For a guy that's averaged, what, 92, 90 and 86 in his past three years, it, well, when he actually played. Yeah, and um, a discounted price of 267. Oh, that's, that's a good price to even, have. Even if he goes down to 80 this year, he's a great stepping stone. So someone that you can upgrade to a, a fully fledged premium at the you know let's say um, second round of upgrades there maybe round ten or round the buys and you know he won't be out all nights you know getting into fights the day before training <laughs> like at, around, at around that price <laughs> bracket <laughs> I think is the at, at that price bracket for that sort of D four oh, sorry F four position or maybe even F five depending on how stacked your forward line is 
I don't think there is another better option. If you're starting Benel, then restart your team straight away. Well, based, based on his last name, Christensen, I reckon he'll probably be at church on a Sunday morning and, <laughs> and not out, out on a bender. You he, know? Better, he better be in the rehab wars. Yeah. <laughs> no, really great option, and um, especially in stand. I think you can't go past him if you're serious about Supercoach. Yeah, um, Rockcliffe Rock out. There's at least some yeah. room in there to be opened up. Um, the only way that I can see you liter- legitimately passing on Christensen is if, out of nowhere, there decides to be 10 really good rookies um, that you can throw forward. So yeah. there's a forward that's 120K that you'd rather have there because he might average 80. And like, like I'm talking like a, a Zorko when he first came in or a, a Michael Barlow that really just sh- shows that you can have him at F4. I yeah, like a, like a Luke Ryan or someone from yeah. West Coast may just sort of come in and do that role. Um, but look, even though Christensen had a poor 2016, he actually had some pretty good scores. So he sort of started to turn it around. He scored a 93, a 94, a 106, and a 113. And that was on a bad year. And he sort of had started to pull it together. But with scores like that, you know his price will go up if he strings some together. It's value, so partic- sure. it's value, and then you know, I don't expect how you're going to pick this guy for the whole year, but he'll be a great stepping stone. By the time they hit that buy, okay, so he'll be worth round, 400K. Yeah, so that round, yep. what, 13 buy, then yep. you'll be able to upgrade him and have a good run home. And yep. I think he should do well in that regard. Yeah, he's perfect for that uh, round 13 upgrade. So um, we'll get into that a little bit later, but at that round 13, you want to be trading him to someone like a, a Murphy or a Cripps or a Doherty or getting someone in that's that's on from that round 12 by to hopefully cover your guys going into the round 13. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Even like a Gunston or someone. Yeah. You know, yeah. Wouldn't exactly. be the worst yeah. idea in the world. Yeah. I, he worked well for me last year. He averaged really well in the back end yep. only because he was so cheap. I just couldn't say no. I'm a, a bargain hunter uh, first and foremost. Speaking of bargains, one person to stay away from is yes. Tom Tom Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, oh Bell. Ah, oh, I thought I thought we were getting a, a nice little you know gold nugget. I'm actually I was, from Carlton. I, I love the fact that I I had Tom Bell when he was at Carlton. In his yeah, year the one year awesome. the one year he peaked. So that's then, why that's why you like him as a soft spot. You, you were watching it going, oh man, Bell. Oh, they're this like, and then you pick him up and he goes to Spud Town, Mate. which was he's called Brisbane as well. He must be on the bulk, hey? He must have eaten a lot of spuds, I reckon. <laughs> That's true. He, he, last year, so going to the games, he looked big, he looked slow, he looked sloppy, and I just think, I don't know so if he... So he fit right into Brisbane. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, have, I, have I, no, have, I have no comment. I have no comment for that one. Thank you. I'll take that. But uh, I think and at the there's some really good talent, though. The score is Chris 1, Ben 0. <laughs> there is no score. This is um, whose line is it anyway, yeah. where the points don't matter. The points don't matter. <laughs> Unless you're playing Supercoach. Um, so, look, I think there's there's plenty of young talent at the Lions. So I think uh, Bell has to be really wary. Uh, he might not get his place. Yes, I know he had a leg injury and he came back and he came first or second in the first time trial. And I'm not know, sure where, where he do, But I don't know where he fits either. Not, not in the way that, that um, they're trying to play at Brisbane, which is, you know, that fast break football, foot skills. It, he What he does well is bomb the ball 65 metres. What he needs to do is go and get a chef licence and, <laughs> you know, get some of those fancy knives and start carving me some oranges at half time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Tom Bell needs to do. Bomb that bitch. <laughs> and I, I, I hate to say that, hey, but he, he was so frustrating to watch last year. Which I actually, is where we said the, the problem with him is he does have potential. He really does. He's, he has all the attributes to be able to make it, but he just, for whatever reason, can't string them together. So, and he's left frustra- with left with oranges. Yes, it's frustrated, but uh, you can clearly see that he, if you if you look at him in Supercoach, even in draft, I would pass him unless he's a bench option, like very very low tier bench option. 
So speaking of bench, we have rookies that we yep. want to look at as well. Definitely. Uh, Cam Rayner. Are you on the Segway train today? Is that what you're... The Segway train. <laughs> well, mate, someone has to sort of try and link in with your rambles. <laughs> yeah, I do sort of go. Right. So there has to be some structure here I'm for not, the, the lovely... Me, they call me Tangent. For the lovely folks at home. Uh, thank you for listening and thank you for uh, continuing to listening. Um, look, Cam Rayner, he's owned by 34.3% of teams at oh. the moment, which I think is... Out- it's, That's outrageous. It's outrageous. It's astounding. It's He is the most expensive rookie... Number one pick obviously comes with that tag, but I just see so many better options for for money spent. I mean, yep. you're looking at spending money for a guy. Yes, he's built for football. He's 88 kilos, um, but you know, at the at the end of the day, he's not going to get that midfield role in the super coach friendly capacity. No. Like you're looking at a guy, he'll play forward, and that's assuming he does play. He looks very good, and I'm really happy he signed. But at the same time, he's he doesn't have the tank, and that was one thing that was highly criticised with him. He needs to build that tank, like yep. Dusty Martin has over the years. They're not going to play him in the midfield for that long. He's like, you know, he's your, he's your tall, medium forward, your Petraka, your Dugowie types, but he's not going to be that from day one. It's going to be three, four years. You know, if he averages 60, 65, that's a good, that's a good output, but he's not going to make you enough cash quickly enough to make it worth it. Yeah, I mean, you look at a Luke Ryan or someone who might cost $120,000. He doesn't need to score as much to exactly make you right. more money. And if you're looking at making money, you know, I don't see why Cam Rayner is the guy. And I, I, I do want to see him do well, but at the same time, for Supercoach, I can't see spending this money. I would rather put in... 60K and I'm looking, extra. Well, you're looking at you know, North Melbourne or Carlton. They actually have a role that's vacant. They have gaps yeah. in their midfield. So these highly regarded, and they were pure midfielders, you know, so... I think there's a role for them there. There's a hole for them there. So they can actually... There's definitely more options, especially forward line... For that price. ...and midfield at that price point. And I think um, 60K more can get you Christensen. And if if, if you're going for Rayner, you can find that 60K somewhere in your team. And a guy that's 100%. averaged like 86 to 92. Yeah, it's, it's a, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, so for me, Cam Rayner is a line through him unless... He comes out and does a yeah and averages seventy five in the JLT and he's locked for round one. That might swing me, but he'd have to do bloody well in the JLT to make me make me select him. Yep. yep. And you know you you can get somebody to make money for cheaper, and yep. I think that's pretty much the gist of it. I'd rather have a couple more expensive mids on my field yeah, than your, Cam. Your Rainer. points are better in the midfield or, or defense or forwards. Yep. So there are a couple of people who think um, you know, you're looking at Baladin could be one to watch. I mean, he's a big, tall guy. He's heavy. He's tall. He's got good hands, and he can kick it elite. Like in in uh, the testing, he was rated pretty much in the highest for, as far as kicking at goal and hitting targets, and that's multiple targets at different distances and and all sorts of angles. So he's one to watch out for. I can't pick him just yet, just because I don't know where he fits in. I think Brisbane have quite a lot of good talent down there already. That Someone that we'll said, probably talk about during the season, though, is a downgrade oh, I'm target. sure he'll be there somewhere yeah. around the mark. But, I mean, if he can play and if he can fit in and sort of come up to speed, uh, he's a great kick and great hands. And Balladin, I would, yeah, watch out for. That's for sure. Yeah. And the hospital ward, I mean, lovely to say, but Brisbane's actually pretty healthy at the moment. Um, you know, Dane Beams had, what, minor shoulder surgery in the off-season, just a little tweak up from his, because uh, he had, what, construction more than 12 months ago at the end of 2016. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be um, nervous about that. I think most pre-seasons, Dane Beams has a bit of a, a tune-up. Um, so he can come back and play an impact from the first round, regardless of how late he started a pre-season. Yeah, he's a professional. So all yeah. his rehab, by all accounts, has been really great. So he's been training, but now he's just getting into full contact after the Christmas period. Uh, and I think, yeah, he'll be fine. Even last year, he was really struggling 
to start before that. And I was going down yeah. to the training just to see if he was training, um, you know, and playing some of the, the match sort of stim- you know, simulation, and he wasn't. He wasn't even on field yet. You know, once he sort of got through the games, he just burned out on the back end and just killed it. So um, I don't think he's one to worry about, and I quite like Dane Beams as an option, particularly in draft. Yep, definitely draft option for sure. Definitely. So basically the breakout potential, we already said Witherden, he could be anything, which is one to watch out for. I do put him down as a breakout potential, but again, keeping an eye on what sort of role um, and how he's progressed even in the offseason is more important. He's probably a little bit more confident, hopefully. He's also going to probably cop a lot more attention, attention. this year as well. People so actually know that, yeah, this guy's a good Be careful team. because even though we are very excited about his awesome potential. And the second year blues. So is everybody else. Um, and he find, he'll be on the radar of people, especially for kick-ins. Yep. Um, they'll, so put they'll, more, they'll put more pressure is. on his kick. They won't hold off as much and yeah. try and make him handball. I mean, look at what they did to, um, uh, was it JJK or... Yeah, no, no. Jason Johansson? Yeah, JJ. Yeah. Oh, everyone, everyone had had him in their team preseason, I think maybe last year. It was last year, yeah. And um You were very big on him. Yeah, I was I was on the JJ train and he comes out and uh change role, change this, change that, and was probably one of the worst uh, selections of the year. Or I only had him in draft, but um Well obviously you didn't have Hanabry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. We won't talk about two thousand seventeen because um I went guns and rookies and my guns didn't even do well, so I had to <laughs> fight and claw my way back. Twenty eighteen is my year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so next we'll go. I think the the big one, I put these two together, Keys and Matheson, uh simply because I can't work out which one will break out. They could both fill in the same role. Um, look, I think they're both very much promising. I think my tip is Keys, simply because um, he was a really like touted young star. He is an inside mid, but they tried to get him to play these different roles, like forward pocket, forward flank, yeah. trying to get him to play these roles. 100% played out of position for a guy of his talent. And this is a guy that struggled to adapt to these new positions because he's so used to doing what he loves and what he's good at. Um, so now there's a position open. I mean, I think Keys could easily push the high 80 you know, barrier, which wouldn't be too unrealistic. Again, I, I don't know if I'm so much keen on him in, in you know standard, simply because I don't think there's as much cream on the crop on the top of that. So no. he would have to really hit that 90-plus bracket. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he's quite there. But I do think he could easily average over 80 uh, when you're sort of looking at super coach draft. Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's just... At the end of the day, he's a really awkward price point. Um I'm just pulling up his price here, three seventy eight k. Yep. I so mean, he averaged sixty eight point eight last yeah. year. And that's that's his sort of Atkins price point as well. Yep. Poised for a breakout. I mean, it could happen, but you really you have to be certain of his role. And, and the, the problem is, is that Keys and Matheson only played eleven and thirteen games each, which yep. doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence. I mean, you want a guy playing twenty plus games. They're kind of in and out of the side which doesn't really bode well when you're sort of trying to make selections. The one good thing about Keys is if he does get mid-time and does actually hit it, he is actually a forward. Um, so this year it may benefit him in Supercoach and therefore his averages may be uh, comparative. Um, and it's the same with um, with Matheson. He's a mid-forward swing player, so dual position. So if, it gives them more appeal. So that yeah. way they only need to earn, you know, they only need to average eighty. They're averaging ninety. Yeah. Like, well, in draft, eighty for a forward be, you'd go yeah. with. You know, so it's it's a lot easier. So maybe stepping stones, but um, the only way you can really pick him is if, let's say, the first two rounds, one of them gets two tons, and then you, you know, sideways trade to him to get that value. That's, I don't think you can start with him in your team and, and bank on their success, but see how you go. Okay, so to round out for the draft, pretty much, um, look, like I said, they became very relevant, and I see this uh, this trend to continue, but the problem is we don't know where their points are going to go. So mm-hmm. it's more of a wait and see, watch how they structure up. 
Um, I think Zorko will definitely go round one, uh, if not end of round one, sort of start of round two. Again, he wouldn't make it much past round pick or 11, uh, 11 or 12, should I say. He's gone top five, yep. I reckon. Beam, Zorko, I beams, you're looking, beams you're looking at around pick 20 to sort of 33, uh, depending on how much people rate him. I and mean, he's a great VC option. I'd like to pick him up round three. would be <laughs> nice. Pick number, pick number no, 21. 21. So pick yeah. number 21. But at the same time, it depends on... You know who you who you're playing against. So some people will really notice how these guys do at the back end, and then they put them higher up on their list. Other people go, oh, you know, average 101, and then they wait. And obviously, that's where you sort of swoop in and and yeah. get your kill. It's a, a little bit about knowing uh, who's in your draft league as well, and being able to identify um, where they are in terms of pick wise yep. and who they like. You know, people don't necessarily go for Brisbane players because they don't like watching Brisbane players. I personally would not pick a Frio player over anyone else. Because I hate watching free players apart from that five. Yep. So I know. mean, Beams averaged what one thirteen and one fifteen in a couple of years running not too long ago, which then does put him in that top ten bracket anyway. Yeah. So if you can pick him up, sort of, if if you're late, 20, if you 30, well, if, yeah, if you're 30, late 40. like Chris is to pick him up at that twenty sort of mark, or whatever would be pretty good, especially as a vice captain option, mm-hmm. uh, or even anywhere in that sort of twenty to thirty mark, you'd be looking really good as your sort of third mid or even second mid if you went out of position. Yep. And uh, Steph Martin, you're looking around the same as the others, uh, sort of, what, 40 to 50 pick, yeah, depending, think, depending on when people jump. Unfortunately, with Steph Martin, someone will pick him up because of his average last year, but he's probably at max value at that is. So unless you really like, get him as one of the last cho- chosen, which won't happen, he's just not worth, in my opinion. Yeah, so, so last year, we, we both played a similar strategy, whereas if... People jumped early. We weren't going to sort of chase the tail. The, you know, the ship's already sailed. So what we did is we picked better positions elsewhere. And then once everyone has their rucks, they're not going to be picking up rucks on their bench except for you know one player. I thought he'd be funny and take... Um, Sandy? No, not Sandy. Oh, Sandy had Sandy on his field and Tippett. He put Tippett on his bench to try and sort of, you know, try and um, barricade us off. Two two perennially injured players. I ended up with uh, <laughs> Mac- I ended up with McAvoy and uh, Chris ended up with Cruiser. Right, at, pretty much in our last picks when we're getting bench and they both worked out well. That was not luck at all. That was some skill. more, some more than it others. Was skill, it was skill, not luck. Yes. So that's our Brisbane <laughs> roundout. Uh, thank you for tuning in again to. Um, Supercoach Insider. Yeah. Supercoach Insider. Um, we are going to go straight on to uh, recording for Collingwood now, um, but uh, have a good day and uh, we'll see you next time. What do you mean Collingwood? I thought you said Carlton. Uh, same thing. Collingwood never wins. <laughs> okay, until next time. And they stay there.